Never imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? That's right, that's right, that's right. It's a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, and additionally, welcome to it on tonight's episode. Uh, hey, we got a we got a stomatopod on today. Uh, there, this is this is in advance of a, of a new record. You may may not may know John Houston. You may not. Uh, great, awesome, like power poppy, raucous band, and they're a band you should know. So we are very excited. We the royal we I'm using in this scenario. Uh, very excited to have John on. This is going to be a uh, as the kids say a very good time. And I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. Uh, the this is a new year, all new. 2022 Protonic Reversal, still on top. Uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to do the spiel that I'm still getting used to doing. Not crazy about doing it. Maybe uh, eventually I will feel better about doing it. But anyway, welcome to Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. I'm your host, Kona Neutron. I am a rock and roll lifer who has toured and recorded for over 22 years. Most known for the band Kona Neutron, The Secret Friends. Music is a huge part of my life. And I use the format of this long-running podcast to talk about music with musicians whose work I enjoy and respect. Folks that may or may not be household names would do something very special. This is episode 279. If this is your first time listening to the show, all the archives are at protonicreversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. And if you'd like to support the show and get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to patreon.com slash protonicreversal. If you like the show even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review. All that helps people find the show, and it's just a darn nice thing to do. Okay, got through it once more. I feel good. Hope you guys do, too, as well. And uh, let's bring on uh, Mr. John Houston. How you doing, man? Hey, Conan. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Uh, it's It's been a while in, in these COVID times. We're gonna, it's we're been gonna... a long time. I was trying to think about that. That must be I... years? Like a, a year, over a year? I, I was trying to think of it. Yeah, like when it was. I mean, it's probably a show in, in Chicago, I would imagine. But I was, I was like, oh, it couldn't possibly be like uh, that one. That was, and then then I was like, oh no, that show was six years ago, Conan. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a, a show at Township. I remember having a conversation. And yes. that place doesn't even exist anymore. So. Exactly. It's it's like no, it couldn't yeah. possibly have been that one. There's no there's no way in hell that was that one. Uh, but hey, um, having nothing to do with what shows I can or can't remember that I was at, uh, 
you guys have a new record in COVID times yeah. in 2022. So first of all, round of applause for that because that's no mean feat in and of itself. But thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it's impressive coming out uh, at the time of this recording, uh, of course, later this month, and uh, it's a ripper. It's a ripper, man. So uh, thank you. I I have really gotten into asking folks that have put out records in in the age of COVID, as we henceforth call it. Uh, yeah. How did how that all come to pass? I mean, like you, I, if I remember right, in, in the liner notes or the online liner notes, anyway, you guys yeah. wrote this during the pandemic as well, right? All written and uh, and rehearsed. I mean, it's actually like it's kind of like the craziest like process for making a record I've ever been part of. I probably speak for Elliot and Sharon too. Um, yeah, I mean, like the beginning of COVID, we didn't see each other for two or three months, and uh, and then we started like just jamming in my garage with like not even like real instruments, like like low volume. We didn't want yeah. to bother the neighbors. Like I had like tiny little PV amp I'm playing out of. Elliot was using the first time we played. He used like a, a trash can with his beater against it for the bass drum. Like it was like fake drums. It was like nuts and uh, fantastic. But we just like we just like missed playing, you know. So we were just making noise out in the garage. Well, so the, we started writing. Oh, yeah. oh no 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 no! Please continue. I thought that was. I, I, oh no no! We, so we started like writing songs in, and just playing in the garage, and it was really really hot that summer, and you know we had to have our masks on, the doors open, and. Um, but it, it wasn't until we did the, the idea for recording an album, uh, particularly with, with Steve at Electrical, it didn't happen until November. So it was just after the election, and I'll never forget it because we did this one silly idea where we played a, a show on Sharon's porch, and she lives, yeah, actually lives like a block from the mayor. Oh wow! And, wow okay. uh, yeah, so I don't know, maybe Lori heard us or not, I don't know. But uh, we played mostly for her neighbors, and we had such a a blast because it had been almost a year since we'd played live. Um, I think I was just kind of overly excited. I'm like, screw it. Let's just book time now with, with Steve and just, you know, bucket list kind of thing and just do it because we've got, you know, a handful of new songs, write, write some more. And that was really the impetus. So it was a day uh, Biden had been announced uh, the, the clear winner. Right. And we were just <laughs> over the moon about so many things. Uh, and so that November, then like the next Monday, I emailed EA and, and, and booked time and it was in March. So we recorded in March, uh, with Steve. I mean, yeah, that's gotta be <laughs> speaking to someone who had the experience of, of recording stuff the day after the other election results in 2016. Uh, that sounds, oh, no. yeah, you did. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was a bad day. <laughs> that that was a weird time to be alive, let alone attempting to create something. But that that's, I mean, do you feel, I mean, how can you not have that like affect the creative process, right? Like you know, like what like uh, art is not created in a vacuum, right? So totally, and yeah, I, I you know, uh, particularly the songs on this one, um, you know. The, uh, I, I guess I, I don't really write too like linearly, but like there's definitely I can look at the lyrics, look at the songs, and, and it really like this is very clearly this point in the pandemic for me, and right. you know, like the, they really represent like the whole kind of the whole kind of thing up until that point. Um, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly, I guess. Well, you're pretty uh, you're a pretty literate dude when it comes to lyrics too. So are you are you um. Like what comes first? Like, do you write all the music first and do lyrics? Do is there like a, a yeah. mishmash? Okay. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, pretty much. Music comes first. Uh, I'll have some ideas for maybe a couple uh, 
wordplay, uh, and then kind of fill in uh, fill in the spaces later, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Do Do you feel like that process changed in this sort of like again? Like, there's a trash can involved in the percussion, right? I mean, it's not exactly <laughs> return to normal. Well, it's not exactly true. <laughs> well, so you know, in the past, we've always recorded ourselves in yeah. the basement. You yeah, because Elliot's got Elliot's a ton a of experience recording and badass. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, why, why not? And, why wouldn't um, you? Yeah, and so we just and then, you know, there's like a double edged sword in that because you're in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. I could do overdubs whenever I wanted to. Um, you're not feeling the the pressure of a deadline. So it's, I always found that it kind of made the process longer than it maybe needed to be. Uh, I mean, it's nice because you don't have to like hurry or rush, and you don't feel like you make bad decisions, but. I also kind of like having a deadline kind of hold me, keep me honest. Um, so that being said, like uh, this time around, so once we booked the time in electrical with Steve, we started really practicing hard. But, you know, this is before the vaccine came out. So we were still. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and it was a, a pretty brutal Chicago winter. Uh, and so we were still, uh, you know, masked up. We were practicing in Elliot's back porch, like with the windows open, like semi-enclosed. Yeah, porch. I think I saw some pictures of him that. Yeah, like I, I admired, I admired the diligence and was both, like, kind of like sad for you and also a little jealous because I was like, oh, that sounds awesome and like brutal at the same time. It was a very, it's an unusual process. Yeah, we had a coat on, a mask on. We had a heater there. We're you know, drinking beers and Elliot's playing this crazy like half drum set, half you know, whatever else. Um. And again, trying not to bother the neighbors too much. But, you know, <laughs> right. we worked, uh, we, we practiced a lot. It gave us like this excellent, like light at the end of the tunnel. Like we knew that the vaccine wasn't coming out for a few months, but it would eventually. And it yeah. just kind of gave us all something to kind of think about that wasn't dreadful. Something to know? focus on. Absolutely. Yeah, no, 100%. Totally. And, I, and... I mean, as much as it sucked being on the porch, but we were also, you know, hanging out together and we were the only people we really saw, you know. Right. Like that, that, other than our families, <laughs> your family and your band is your pod, right? So, yeah, and it was great. It was great, but you know, and then, um, we demoed way more for this record than we ever have because we just wanted to be super prepared, you know, uh, going into the studio, and so we to go back to a long-winded answer to your question. I think we 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 thought about these songs more. I probably put more thought into the the lyrics more because I was. Uh, hearing different versions, uh, you know, uh, free associating when we were, you know, kind of jamming on songs and then coming up with different lyric ideas that way, which is kind of unusual as opposed to just like sitting there and thinking, being real intellectual about it. Uh, so different ideas and different kind of uh, uh, concepts kind of just kind of came out because of that. But yeah, we were we were like, you know, we were all pretty active in like listening to the demos and, and figuring out different transitions. And it was it was it was fun. We were all in this like process together and in a way that yeah we were just kind of it was like our uh it was like the thing that we were all doing together <laughs> yeah and it's something uh, to focus on like you said like it's something to kind of work towards and yeah. you're, you're taking part in active creation at, at a time where <laughs> that in and of itself is almost a revolutionary concept right I yeah mean, man we needed something too because uh there's only so many zoom calls that can make you feel sane but, yeah yeah uh, um, i've taken my quote of staring at the wall all day so uh let's <laughs> let's do something different right yeah, we've already watched Tiger King now, so let's, <laughs> let's do something else. Um, oh, they released another episode? How was Oh, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> but you know, the, I think probably the craziest thing about this whole thing is that we didn't actually hear the songs 
as played we didn't play them or hear them as a full band until we set up and and, and turned on in studio a that's crazy <laughs> Especially because, like you, I mean, not to put too fine a point on you, have a very talented engineer in the band. I mean, uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, Broken Crucible, especially like that's a that's a monster sounding like rock record, and oh, cool. I, you know, there's something. I, I now personally, I, I would want to put words in your mouth, but I think the idea of like having somebody from the outside take care of that piece of it, so you just fully focus on on what you're creating. There's something to be said for that. Totally, totally. Um, certainly it was like an experience because, you know, we, Steve has recorded so many albums that we love. He's pretty good, yeah. You know, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> He's getting so good. It was, it was, and Elliot, <laughs> no, Elliot knew Steve pretty well. Um, I'd maybe met him once or twice, but right. um, it, it, was, it was basically a stranger to me. But yeah, obviously uh, it was quite a quite a thrill and exciting and to just kind of watch what he, and, you know, he, he learned so much just from watching him work and he's, works so quickly but ask him any question and he'll answer it and give you a really thoughtful answer uh so that was great but yes not having to be the one setting up the mics and making sure that everything's working and all that right. stuff it was that was wonderful and just got to work on playing your guitar and singing your yeah you, you don't have to worry about like the logistics of the trash can necessarily and you can just <laughs> play the songs well what, oh, what, a, what yeah. a novel concept I thought about that because a lot of bands like nowadays they'll put out like uh, the record and then as like an enticement they'll have like the demos as like a, a yeah. you know extra add-on thing. No one wants to hear these demos. They're crazy <laughs> because like, they're, uh, <laughs> So so how do you, yeah, so how do you feel about that concept? Cuz you know that that's something that I have very strong feelings of. I'm curious what your your take on that is. Oh, about the kind of like bonus yeah, like the, 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 the here's and here, here's the album and here's the demos and if you're listening to it on a streaming service, the demos play immediately after the album. You know that that whole. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good. That's a, I mean, how do I feel about it? For a band or for an album that means a lot to me, I think it's 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 insightful just as a songwriter to kind of see some yeah. of that progression. Um, I can definitely see how it could be a little self indulgent in others or you know but um i don't know like uh well okay well i i don't want to sound negative i i love the band waxahachie oh sure you know waxahachie. yeah, yeah I, I saw waxahachie with um oh i'm blanking her name the australian uh courtney barnett yeah Courtney. Yeah, yeah yeah thank you boy yep. phew, i'm off my game thank you I, mean, <laughs> I can read your mind though that's cool yeah yeah um, well done yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's a plug-in actually for this new streaming software I'm doing. You it's a mind reader plug-in actually, so it's working well. It's a nice feature. Yeah, I just have to kind of turn up the dial, tweak a little bit, exactly. but it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, Waxahachie had a record and they had the demos uh, similarly, and yeah. uh, the demos sounded like really good. And I'm like, there's no way she didn't like overdub her vocals just for the for the demos to be. I mean. Maybe she. I mean, she's a great singer, and I love her music. I love that album. I yeah. shouldn't sound say like I'm, you know, making anything sound negative. Uh, uh, if you heard our demos, it would sound really bad. <laughs> Not nearly as good as her demos. And so I, I enjoyed listening to her demos, but it didn't really make made me feel like I was hearing some sort of like early version or there was any significant changes. Yeah, it, it didn't seem. Yeah, and well, and and so there's, and again, I'm, I'm trying to not take away enjoyment from things that other people enjoy but for me i usually prefer to hear like the finished product 
Unless it's something where it's like, wow, how do they put that together? Like, then it's like, okay, right. what did this demo sound like? I think, oh, wow, that's very different. I think that's cool, but I think the idea, I think the idea of that worked better for physical product, you know, where you could be like, I'm going to throw the, you know, the disc three of the of the four CD sets, and we're going to hear all the demos of this. Uh, I think that works well. Uh, you know, if you listen to things point, on though, shuffle, like it was it's, like a Bandcamp only thing. Yeah, and, and, yeah. But it goes to Spotify. It's just the record. I, that would make sense. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, I'm not interested in having like a, a, a to being radicalized about this, frankly. But like, it's just, it's interesting to me that like some like some people have really strong opinions on it both ways. Some people are yeah. like, you know, give me the stems, give me like you know the iPhone recording, and some people are like, I never want to hear anything that's not a finished track that's mastered by a recording. You know, okay. Oh right. uh, yeah. And it's and you know and honestly most people probably are like ah oh, that's nice whatever don't care you know if I'm super into the band or the record uh, yeah I'll you know all that stuff all that detail I find fascinating but but the, yeah. you're you're saying these stomatopod uh, <laughs> the competing with hindsight no. demos were not maybe something people are gonna be that interested in you're thinking I can't imagine that they would but you know like you know. We'll see. Maybe for the tenth anniversary reissue, I don't know, but <laughs> that's a little presumptuous. I'm, no, I mean, the Beatles around. seriously thought that, like, you know, oh no, we want to hear this crap, and it's like you're the fucking Beatles. Of course, that you people want to hear this crap. Like, come on, but you never know, man. You never know. So you'll be able to hear how bad of a singer I am for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so 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 talk to me about that because because I think there's a yeah. there's. There's so there's a Tim Midget song on uh, the last I think it's the last Ben Metal record. Um, it's called Shy about just being comfortable in your own voice. Mm. And uh, to be fair, I only really know your work from Stomatopod, um, Punisher Society. You know, like more like last six seven years, something along those lines. But it feels like you have become very comfortable in your own voice, even if you kind of know what you can and can't do to a certain degree. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, is is that something that you, that you think about? Because I mean, you know, the band rips, and the riffs are there, the songs are there, but it's like, I mean, do you do? Is that something that, you know, that that have you had to do work on it? Do you think? Like, is it something that, like, you know? Well, it's uh, so singing. Yeah, you know, when I first started playing guitar, and actually, I just realized this is January twenty twenty two. I got my first guitar. 30 years ago this month, January of 92. Oh, wow. yeah. Go um, shred, shred a little tonight in celebration, you know? Yeah, a little <laughs> Some hammer-ons, yeah. Uh, um, you know, the you know, at the very beginning, all I wanted to do was, like, write my own songs and sing them. And um, I certainly knew then I wasn't a good singer, and definitely people told me that. <laughs> And that's fine, but it didn't really discourage me so much because I just kept doing it. And yeah, you know, I've gotten I've gotten better. I think you know maybe comfortable is the right way. Like I don't I don't mind singing out off key, you know. And uh, it's odd now, like you know, everyone's so auto tuned. Um, it's like almost unusual to hear people singing slightly out of key anymore. And I almost enjoy it more now because it just sounds more honest. Because even Nico Case, great singer, she'll hit a bad note, and it's, it's the part of it. You it, know? Well, it, it um, reminds you there's a, a human behind it. There's there's a, there's emotionality to it, you know. And yeah, that's what I want to hear. Just people doing their thing, you know. 
and that's why recording with Steve is great because there's no opportunity really for anything. I was gonna say, he doesn't normally allow. <laughs> there's nothing. There used, you can punch in a line here or there, but yeah. That's... Yeah, he's normally gonna talk you right out of that. Otherwise, but no, that's we're not gonna do that. But I, I, you know, we've never tried to do any kind of auto correction for anything on our stuff, and um, but you know, uh, I'm a little self conscious about it. But uh, you know, I, I also know that I'm not a I'm not a great singer, and I, I probably don't try to bite off more than I can really chew, and. Right. Um, you know, I just want to make sure the songs sound the way they sound in my head, roughly. And Well, I mean, but also, like, what's a great singer, right? Like, one of my favorite singers of all time is Tom Waits, who almost objectively has a bad voice. Like, it's like, it, 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 it you know, sends people crawling up the walls. But, like, for me, it's like, it's, it's perfect for the songs. Right. And I totally get it. People don't care for it. And, you know, I don't evangelize about it. But for me, it's, it's amazing. And it's amazing because it just has got this very unique quality that... Yeah. No one sounds like, except for when they're trying to make Doritos ads, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, if it fits, it fits. Um, somebody once was making an analogy about video and, and you know, the video versus audio. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what makes good video, what makes good audio. Um, you know, uh, they talked about like the moon landing, right? Like that was pretty crappy looking video <laughs> in spotty audio. But, the, you know, because the yeah. event was so huge, like... It, nobody complains about how bad the audio was on the moon landing video. <laughs> right. No, you you're 100% you're right. Yeah. So if you, if you have a song that connects emotionally, uh, it doesn't matter if it's, uh, a, you know, sung, it, maybe it makes more sense to not sing it beautifully. So I've never tried to sing beautiful. And, um, well, that's not necessarily the thing. I, I've sung plaintively. I don't try to like overdo it. I don't try to overly express it, you know. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it just seems very, it seems very honest, you know, like, I mean, and it comes from the school of, like, I would say, like, the melding of, and I don't know if this is where it's coming from or not, but, like, you know, the Elvis, Cost, early Elvis Costello, um, and, like, where that kind of crossed over into, like, the punky power pop sort of world of just, like, <laughs> hey, the song matters a lot more than, like, the delivery being, you know, aria perfect or whatever along those lines, and that's... I mean, that's where my heart is every time, right? I can't stand these Fakakta singing shows. Like, psh, no way, man. That's not for me. Um, thank you. Anyway, so, uh, but vocals, again, Steve Albini, not known as, like, the vocal guy. Like, I'll, 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 no. I'll love for Steve, but he's very, like, I mean, he's like the the saint of that, right? Of, of the just capture, capture the moment, capture the way it is. Don't try to make it sound you know fake or whatever, right? You know, he wants you to feel comfortable. Like he yeah. trusts you to know what the song is supposed to sound like. Um, uh, one, you know, one part. I remember there's a guitar riff in one of the songs, and and he's like, "Hey, I just want to call this to your attention. Is this intentional?" And then he play it back, and he kind of put his finger in the air to say, like, "Right here, right here." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's actually intentional. Maybe it sounds bad, but that's how I wanted it." And he's like, "Okay, great." Um, same thing with right. vocals. But you know, he actually made a really good point about vocals: is that you know, you, you play your guitar, you're still hearing a piece of wood and metal that's played sure it's played by you by your hands but it's still it's a guitar it's the voice of the guitar when you sing it's actually your body you know and right. so people are naturally more uh, in tune they're, they're more or not in tune i shouldn't say that's a bad analogy but they're, they're more uh it's, it's personal right yeah so you're you're gonna spend more time on uh, or you're gonna feel a little bit more uh, you know uh, making sure that it sounds the right way because it's an actual representation of, of, of your body. 
Uh, so he understood that and he was very cool about that. Um, so the hard part for me is making sure that, uh, yeah, that it sounds the, the way that I wanted it to and not overdoing it, but not, you know, yeah. not accepting it if it's going to bug me 10 years later. Well, but, but I think, but also like Stomatopod's a band that you, you kind of, to me, it feels like you're a band that very much knows who you are, right? It, it can be your thing. It cannot be your thing. You know, it's like, I could, I could see you guys suffering from the, oh, it's too poppy, oh, it's too noisy, <laughs> you know, depending, depending on who you talk to kind of mindset. But, I mean, for the kind of person it's for, you know, and, like, you know, I could, I could waste everyone's time and talk about what that record collection of that person might look for, but it's it's right down the line. And and it's it's there's a comfort to the music that it sounds like you guys know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which... <laughs> some there and don't get me wrong there's there's times that like it's nice to hear someone that has no idea what they're doing right the shags are exciting because like what sure. is going on right now <laughs> like what what is actually what is happening but the this the band sounds very authoritative in what you do like it seems like there's a very clear vision for it. i mean is that something that has everyone always kind of been on, on the same page and um yeah, and then we can we can tie it to the records too. Because I actually would like to go through the other records before before we go with the new one. Sure. Which, by the way, I should mention because uh, I haven't mentioned "Competing with Hindsight" available for pre order on Bandcamp, stomatopod.bandcamp.com. Uh, that that's why we're talking right now. Yeah. Uh, that comes out later later this month at the time of this recording. That's uh, January twenty eighth. So we're hoping. <laughs> I got. It. I got it. I got a somewhat ambiguous email from the record Uh-oh. plant saying that it might be delayed again. But uh, yeah, so, well, fingers crossed. But you can still get the digital, right? And and you can you can rock that on your on your iPod, your Zune. Yes, yes. <laughs> your, po- your Pono. Your Pono. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, know, I got it in my ear. I heard it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we said yes to modify it and also. For people, because there there are probably people that are not familiar with the band too. S T O M A T S T O M A T O P O D, and I'm I'm gonna put links in the show notes and all that stuff so people so people can find it. Uh, and um, yeah, so the pre order for the record vinyl is is like fifteen bucks, which is a steal. That's great. Um, you know, just just yeah, yeah, check it out, check it out. But we'll we'll get more into that record soon. I I want to so the I know Stomatopod because of Liz. Sure. So before the mighty Sharon Malloy was in Stomatopod. Yep, Liz Bustamante. Yeah, who's who's all love to Liz. Um, yeah, she's great. She, you, and Elliot, it, was that the first iteration of Stomatopod or just the first public yeah. version? Okay. No, that, well, so, um, well, back in the olden days, um, I, you know, I was, uh, it had been a number of years since I'd played in bands for one reason or the other. Not, um, was that, was that by intention? Like, did you, were you like doing a Greg Norton and like just, I'm done with that for a while or? No. Not really. It's kind of uh, so. I was in the Ponder Society uh, back in oh seven, oh eight, oh nine, and that was a two piece. My myself and my friend Stephanie Morris. Uh, yeah. And then she committed suicide in June of oh nine, and uh, that was a little hard to get over, uh, yeah. for obviously. Um, 
and that uh, I just I would have always ex- assumed that you know music would have kind of helped me through any kind of hard times, and that because maybe she was like a musical collaborator, it was it was like the last thing I wanted to do was listen mm. or or make music. Uh, so that was a pretty rough patch. So that was a while, but I had started kind of trying to get back into music and remind myself that I was a musician. And I would plunk on guitars, but I just wouldn't really, you know, connect or whatever. But, um, so I knew Elliot through my wife, Cynthia, and, uh, he came over once and just to, just to make some noise. I don't know if he expected to anything of it, but, um, you know, we were friendly and, um, played him a few of the songs that I had written at that point, and he uh, he was like, "Yeah, let's let's play again sometime." And it just kind of snowballed. And then he knew uh, Liz, um, and I had met Liz before uh, briefly too. But uh, then Liz came in, and so then the, we became a three piece. And then finished, uh, we started writing some more songs. That became our first record. Nice. There by the time. Yeah, and that that, that is a real. Um... Uh, the, the energy on that is very like light is the wrong word, but it doesn't. It it feels very propulsive. Like it feels like a band that's just like, oh man, cool. Check this out. We wrote we wrote these things. They're called songs. We call this music. You know, like it has like that kind of attitude about it. Like this real glee, gleeful, um, uh, songs that connect in that way. That like you know, first a lot of bands' first albums are are uh, credited in in that way, but. I mean, Elliot's a pretty unique drummer. Like he's he's a pretty unique and cool drummer. Like it's hard not, I would imagine, not to find a little gold just from that. Let alone, you know, he's great, man. Yeah, he's I love real. He's pretty underrated, frankly. Like, I, you know, I, that's crazy because he should be like, he should be like on the top of people's list. He's so good. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's nothing like playing with a great drummer. You obviously know this. <laughs> um. But yeah, just playing anything, anything we do, just like even as a crappy cover, just mess around and practice. He's uh, it's just so much fun to play with Elliot. You know, it, it hits um, different it, when it's when it's yeah. There's something like sorry to interrupt, but like like who was it that was like <laughs> as far as rock music goes, uh, it is possible but not very likely to have a great band if you have a not great drummer, but like. Almost all great drummers are make great. Bands. I really muddled that, but you, you, anyway, point of it. Drummers are great. Anyway, moving on. Wow, I've done this for eight years, John. Did you know that? No. <laughs> anyway, Elliot's a great drummer. Perfect, Conan. I know. I'll get it eventually. Maybe by episode three hundred, I'll do it. Uh, but but yeah, Elliot's a great drummer. He's, he he brings so much to the songs that uh, he, oh, th- yeah. there's an enthusiasm to it that maybe like was was when you were working through things and i think he was he was jazzed to be playing again because he's been in a number of bands um and then you know with liz and we were all you know friends and it was great um i think that that album is interesting because there's a couple songs a few songs that have been written pre uh being a thing um but then you know uh, half of them or something are ones that we all came up with or, or you know were new to us right right and so the band was really kind of figuring itself out so um for that record, like the the title track, Air by the Ton, um, that was where I really felt the band was kind of hitting its stride. And that was kind of more indicative of the things that we would do later. Than, and that's kind of why it was important to put it as the last song on that record. And still one I love playing uh, live. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah I mean, um, there's a through line through it for sure. Like, and yeah. um, you know, I I originally maybe mis- mischaracterized what you were doing as as coming from like the pop side of the power pop, and then like I, gradually I was like, oh no, they're like, this is a rock band. This is a, this is a rock band, and like there's there's some kind of deep deep wells here that I think, I think you got more into as, as time went on for sure. Like, not that I, you know, I like the first album. I think it's good, but, um, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're all into, you know, fairly diverse stuff, you know? Uh, yeah. That's including Liz and Sharon. Um, so we've definitely like shit can songs that are too poppy. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, there's not. I mean, the, like, and that's something that, like, maybe twenty year old me would be like, yeah. But like, you know, whatever. Like, I, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I was an idiot. This is great, you know. Like, you know, Harry, Harry Nielsen is awesome. Like, you're a moron, twenty year old Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Sign forty four year old Conan. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't really want to go back and talk to twenty two year old me. Right. I, that would be a, that'd be kind of a dismal. Um, he was very judgmental. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, that's the fun thing about being in the band is you can do, you can do whatever you want. It could be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You'd be experimental if you want to, you could be too straightforward if you want to, and there's no real rules about it. And, uh, one, I wouldn't say it's a challenge, but you know, one thing that Elliot brings to the table is that, so he's been a, a live sound guy with the sound guy at the fireside bowl, you know, back in his heyday before that he was at Zarbar. Uh he has literally seen thousands of bands. <laughs> he's he's done he's right? he's put in the time, literally. man. That guy has put in the time, yeah. <laughs> so and 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 beyond that, like he, he has just like an encyclopedic uh knowledge of rock music, you know. Yeah. And so if I bring something that's even mildly derivative, it's gonna get noticed. <laughs> so, You're not gonna be able to get uh, it past him. He's gonna be like, Nope. <laughs> You're gonna be like, oh this sounds like something yeah, and then yeah, he's probably right. He's probably right. It's probably too close to something. But that's you know good, you know, because it, like you know, there's good to be a vetting process. That's it makes it better. Well, and that's you know when I mentioned the the record collection of people that that are the fans of Stomatopod, you can kind of like predict certain things. Like I feel like in a way, spiritually, Stomatopod kind of operates in like a Yola Tango kind of way that way, where it's like those are just incredible musicians, sure, but like fans of music like just real like fans like like i saw them do an encore once and they brought out like mark bell and they did like five ramon songs as their encore and i was like oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah cool and like it was like pearls before swine for half the audience but i was stoked about it you know but like just that kind of hey we're making this like wiry uh you know poppy punky music but like we have a sense of history too like and, and i appreciate that like i think that that's um as long as it doesn't, doesn't like paralyze the creative process, I think it's actually uh, a real good quiver in the, um, yeah. in the in the thing you hold the arrows. That's the quiver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arrow in the quiver. I'm a, like we we as we mentioned, I'm way off my game tonight, man. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> but it's what I'm trying to say is that like it's it's an informed pop sensibility that comes from like a deep love of music, frankly, which yeah. should be obvious, I, I would think. Was, but <laughs> yeah. And, I'm probably I probably lean towards the the melodic side of of music 
and uh, Elliot certainly knows his melody, but I think he he's really the the rhythm the rhythm guy. Like he yeah. he understands groove, and he enforces the groove. He is know? the groove enforcer. As, yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and Sharon brings a whole lot to it too. I mean, she's got this real ear for for harmony, and um and for transitions to make sure. I mean, and so everyone kind of brings this kind of. We all love music, and we probably all have a very similar, you know, uh, we, I bet we have a lot of crossover in our music collections. But I think that, you know, as musicians, we all bring something a little bit different, and that's really awesome because, it's, you know, the Beatles are an example. I mean, that's there wouldn't be a Beatles if there weren't, like, the collaboration of you know, Lennon and McCartney. Uh, certainly we're no Beatles. That's not what I'm trying to say. But, like, when people get together and they bring their own stuff and they kind of massage things together, it just, man, it gets way better than one person's singular vision like i wouldn't want to write a song and say this is how we're doing it and boom we're done that's there's no joy in that Did that's you... for me for me, for me, for me. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's i've done that before uh, abortions you know, those, for some miniature those... american flags for others right is the simpsons quote but <laughs> yeah i mean i can look back at songs i've made that were, were you know clear visions that I had and sometimes they're successful, but I think that by and large, the ones I'm most proud of in retrospect are the ones that are more collaborative. Well, because you're, you're using the elements of the people that you're collaborating with. Right. And so everyone gets a chance to shine and, and, and make something cool, which, you know, there's something, yeah. there's something to be said for that. That's one of the things I found probably one of the two things I found most impressive about get back is, is it's like, Oh, they're, you know, you get to see them just be a band, like do all the things that like bands do. Like, Mm-hmm. you know have have yeah. have dick around songs where you like sing funny lyrics instead about what's happening in the yeah. room and like you know oh you're really gonna play that bass the other one kind of sounds better that's that's the one huh you're gonna do it okay and you know just all of the things that it's immediately familiar to anyone that's ever played in a band where it's like oh yeah that's sure. pretty much that's 90 percent of the time and then you rock and you know hopefully that's good too yeah i totally i picked up on that too and uh one of the other things I liked about that film was that uh, you also see, and this is something that I have no experience with, but those are the only four Beatles ever. Yeah. And they were the only four people who were at that height, that level of fame and stardom. They couldn't trust really anybody but themselves. And that comes through too, because they talk to each other in a way that they don't talk to whatever, the the, the publishing guy who comes in. They don't talk to who later the, ripped the, off everybody. That that guy, yeah. right? He like later was like known crook. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. No, exactly <laughs> right. Guy. But like <laughs> the way they addressed each other was just so like yeah. it was great and refreshing to see that because they'd been together in Hamburg. They are literally the only ones that understand what it's like to be a Beatle, and and I don't know. That was really cool for me to see that uh, that even though they were having like their internal strife, they were still the only four people they could really ch- talk to and trust that way. Yeah. And it's very special, and it means all the more that, like, when they bring in Billy Preston, and they all kind of, like, oh, oh, oh there, get it together, guys. We gotta, you know, we like this guy. We want to make sure he doesn't think we're a bunch of stooges. It's like you're the Beatles. <laughs> like, it's gonna be okay. But then he yeah. like is so stoked to. He's like, I am playing with the Beatles right now, and life is rad. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, man, did he fit in great though? I mean, he oh, was like, so good. Yeah. In. I know. That's that's that's. I- ah! <laughs> I don't know. No matter who you are, you're sitting in with the Beatles. You got to feel like a bit of pressure or a little bit of nerves yeah. or whatever. It didn't seem like he had any apprehension. He just just dropped just... in and put magical shit everywhere. And that's yeah. Billy Preston in a nutshell, man. That that guy is that's he's he's like a 
you know, a, a magical wizard that just, <laughs> just danced into the room and did magical wizard stuff. Yeah. I, I, I want to, so I want to, talk about the various records various to modify sure. records for sure but i also i don't want to give short shrift to the ponder society record which i i don't i try to be sensitive to things that are heavy topics no worries uh, but i think it's a, book. it's a fascinating and, and very sad story and, and and it's a really interesting and fascinating record so you know you mentioned this this is a th- and you you were writing these songs you're you're had this collaboration going and then and and she's gone. So I saw the reenactment. I think it was the uh, Ponder Society. There was yeah. a very long name. Yeah, Friends of the Ponder Society. Friends of the Ponder yeah, Society. Got, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Long name. Look, everything I do has got a long name. I'm one to talk. Sorry, but like I just can't remember off the top of my head. No, 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 no worries. Uh, the but it's beautiful. I mean, and like that comes with like when I saw it, I was like, I didn't. I don't know any of this crap. You know, but it was right. great. It, like it, it, it was. I was like, wow. You Thank could you. feel the, like the weight of, of it, and the, it, it came through. It, it, it got over. So, like, I mean, can you tell me? Can you tell me about how that kind of came to pass? Like how that collaboration came to be, with Stephan- Stephanie. Me? With Stephanie, yeah. Sure. Um, I'd always played mostly like you know loud rock music, um, yeah. and I knew Stephanie and her husband Nathan. Uh, we're good friends of, of mine. She had been playing solo um, with like a backing group. Um, just, you know, beautiful songs, writing her own uh, stuff, obviously sort of in like the Bloodshot Records kind of uh, country, uh, alt country kind of inspired stuff. Beautiful. I mean, obviously, um, talk about singing. She had the, this obviously amazing voice. Sort of in like the Bloodshot Records. And it was hard to keep up with her, country, you know, like uh, I didn't feel like I belonged. Um, but uh, when I was kind of between projects, I was like, hey, I've got some songs. I'd love to try to do something a little quieter. What do you think? Um, and so we just, you know, kind of got together in one of our living rooms. And, and uh, it was really just boiling it all down to, you know, acoustic guitars and, and vocals, uh, which I'd never really done a whole lot of singing with other people or harmonies and, or yeah. being backing to someone else's songs, really. Um, and so I, I really loved that. Um, and then we started, you know, playing around. And it was great, uh, and people really responded to it. Um, and so we had recorded, we were self-recording our stuff, and we were about to release the record when she died. Um, but we played out of town a few times and uh, gotten some some fun uh, gigs and whatnot. Uh, but the music was, uh, um, I don't really say this about my own music too often, but I do feel like those songs were like, there's something special there. Yeah. And. Uh, no, I'd back and that. Yeah, I'm a terrible self promoter. I, I, and I'm very Midwestern. I almost never want to say anything nice about myself uh, to the point of just you know, telling everybody how much I suck. But like, you know, that's the one project where like I don't mind saying like you should listen to the Ponder Society. That, that's a yeah. good album. Like I don't care that I was half of it. Like the songs are great. Stephanie's great. We sing really great together. And I don't really say that too often about my own voice. Um, but I'm just really proud of it. And uh, so that's up on Bandcamp. Uh, I need to get it up on Spotify. <laughs> But uh, anybody who pays money for it on Bandcamp, we turn the money over to um, either Girls Rock or uh, Suicide Prevention. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a rad record. I think it's a, you know, it's Thanks. it's it's heavy, <laughs> obviously. But I'm. It wasn't it wasn't heavy at the time, but yeah, it, it's it's heavy, it contextually heavy, I, I should say. And that's you know, there's something to be said for 
just honoring the memories of people that are important to you, especially creatively. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's the, important. The weird things. <laughs> yeah, it's no, I, I definitely, definitely. And I want people to hear Steph's music and, uh, uh, man, she, she would have been great. Uh, she played with Dianoga on the last, uh, I guess it's the last Dianoga record. I uh, did some touring with them and, uh, she was did some stuff with Scotland Yard Gospel Choir. Been great. Uh, uh, she played with Dianoga on the last. Solo. Um, but one of the fun, funny things was, so it was very, it was heavy after the years after she died, and uh, one of the things that kind of helped me come to terms with the music, I guess, is my wife and I had our first son, and right. from the very beginning, one of his favorite songs, even as a little baby, was. Steph and my version of the Ramones song, Judy's a Punk. Which is great. For yeah. whatever. Thank you. Yeah. As, as a lifelong Ramones fan, as I've adequately established by referencing them once, I was like, oh, that's cool. cool. That's awesome. Um, and funny thing is, like, uh, Steph was so alive. But uh, I don't know how, but uh, Mike Watt came upon that probably on MySpace, and he played it on his podcast. Once. Oh, that's we awesome. Like, oh that's yeah, so great. totally just random. It's like somebody – said hey do you hear yourself on, on the watt from pedro show like, oh my God. yeah he that that guy is it amazes me how voracious of a music lover and and devourer he is like yeah because we like, were certainly not trying to reach out to him or anybody no <laughs> he he finds stuff on his own man it's 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 great because it's like it's like this it's from mike watt you don't need to do anything dude even before you're yeah. in the stooges like you know you're in the mid of men man like right you don't right. need to do any of this it's impressive i love that aspirational so my son, like loves that judy is a punk song and when he's a little kid and danced around so he would always ask me to play it for him and so that just kind of you know after doing that a number of times it's like okay these songs aren't sacred these are these are just, they don't need to make me sad they can make me feel happy right again. yeah so you, exactly so you're turning turning these negative you know horrible negative emotions and and recontextualizing things to make something beautiful you know yeah 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 it, yeah and I don't have any special epiphanies about leftovers and I think it's a good record. And I think people should check it out. Um, but like, I think oh, that yeah. it, it's, um, you know, the whole, the whole story of the, of the, of the collaboration is real, real interesting and real cool. Um, I like that you went back and, you know, got the demos, right. You know, follow on me is a great, that, 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 that's a great song. That's like, that's like one of my favorite REM songs. There's like, uh, the one modern English song everybody knows that's fantastic, you know, like, <laughs> like it's yeah. Well, a couple of those that that modern English one, and I think there's a Bright Eyes song. Those yeah, were yep. requests because friends of ours were getting married, and they were like, "We want you to play oh, at our wedding." How cool! And we were like, "Okay, what do you want?" And they 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 said this these two songs, and so we yeah. learned them, and and so we uh, recorded them just for fun as we were working on them for the wedding, and yeah. then I found them when I you know was going through stuff that was kind of lying around. Like, hey, this sounds weird, but good. Like, let's, you know, maybe people want to hear it. I, I, no, I mean, I, I, I thought it was great, and and it's, Thanks. it's, you know, th there's a place for all of that, and and I think that in in today's hustle and bustle world, uh, you know, things like that can easily be forgotten when you don't have like a PR campaign or something going, right? And I don't know if if. If this yeah. if this show can be like a little light in the darkness to lead people to stuff like that, then I'm you know that'd be cool because we were certainly not making music really to uh, as like a, a product or anything like you know particularly those covers yeah. they were just 
for two of our really good friends who were getting married and we we're just trying to help them celebrate their special day and um but yeah that, that speaks to me about how much our music kind of or whatever meant to to our friends you know and yeah so well it didn't not, have to be a big big thing it was just you know a few people really liked it and that made it feel good yeah, well exactly and it's not it's not about you know pleasing you know millions and tens of millions of people it's it's, it's about what the meaning is yeah uh, for, for the, the people it matters to and that's whatever there's a through line for this show since the very beginning that's certainly one of them so okay so we're we're gonna uh, so and, and of course so so that's the um uh the ponder society ponder society bandcamp.com for people listening and not looking at links and uh, things along those lines and uh yeah go, go check that out so back to stomatopod so you got you got air by the ton yep uh great record you got a great little band going uh liz decides she's out you, yep. you know in in, in pure liz bustamante way <laughs> what i can only assume i wasn't in the room i shouldn't say that that's have that no, stricken uh, the record. i don't know how that happened fun. but it just wasn't wasn't her deal she just anymore. wanted to kind of do do some other things that's yeah. totally cool i mean she's done a, so much music in her she's life so right i mean just, she's yeah she's a badass yeah she's great she's great <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's worth noting that she didn't play bass uh at all before she joined the somatopod i mean yeah. that's pretty i mean her caliber of musicianship is you would never can, know that she, yeah she can hear it in her head and then she just had to teach her fingers to do it and that was and that's a musician right there yeah so she's, she's, she came up with some really cool parts and she's a great singer and it was a lot of fun um, and I think that, yeah, she just, you know, wanted to kind of mosey on down the road and see what was next for her. And she's done some cool stuff yeah. ever since, too. So uh, certainly no hard feelings um, at all. So uh, but we were lucky that um, when she around the same the exact same time, um, Elliot happened to you know reconnect with Sharon. So their previous bands were kind of like for lack of a better term, brother and sister bands. Yeah, sibling uh, bands. A, I love that. <laughs> his, his, he was in an all-guy band called Nerves, and she was in an all-female band called The Dishes. Yes. And they used to do a lot of touring together and uh, were pretty tight back around, uh, you know, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And um, so, yeah, Elliot reconnected with Sharon and said, hey, do you want to do this? And she's like, well, I haven't really played my bass in a while. And, so it's like bring it over. Let's see how it goes. And same thing was like when I first started with Elliot. It's like let's see how it goes, and it just kind of this feels right. This feels comfortable. We like being around each other, and let's do it. I have rarely seen someone drop into a band and have it just be more natural and cool. And like, oh, of course. Like it, yeah. it was like it was from that from an outside perspective, it was seamless. Because of course, Sharon's a badass. Like she's. In I her think own you way. You were at her first show. I was at her first show. That's right. That um, what was it called camp out uh, in that big auditorium thing. And I actually, when they did the reunion, when they did the nerves and dishes uh, reunion shows, I got to see them play at High Dive in Milwaukee, which oh, is cool. I could not imagine going to see a show at High Dive in the year 2022 <laughs> because it's yeah. like you know intimate. This is probably the, the best yeah. way you could describe High Dive. Shoulder but to, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and, and but I mean, like, and I only knew the dishes from reputation. Uh, yeah. Like, I knew the name, right? And I was, I was like, oh yeah, that band. I think they're from Chicago or something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but like, what 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 a rad player! Like, what I mean, what yeah. what a rad player, right? So great. Uh, and and you know, like you're saying, the comfort thing. Like, she's just an awesome person. Like, she gets yeah. along with everybody. Oh yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's a hard position, like especially going to like one of those types of events where you go, you walk into a situation where you feel like everybody knows each other. And she's like the, <laughs> the stranger. Yeah, and she just made friends with everybody right away. You know. Well, and she's um, just instantly affable, right? In that way, that's like, hey, I feel like I've already known you for a while, and I, like I think I met yeah. you about forty-five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's great. She quickly became one of my favorite people. Yeah, impre- yeah. Impre- impressive lady and impressive musician as well, and a great singer also. All of it, yeah. Which is like, which I, nice. Yep. So when we're in the studio or when we're recording, whether it was for Broken Crucible or competing with Hindsight, uh, I really ask her to be my ears for me when I'm singing because I like keep me honest. Could I do it better, or is it good enough? Right. Uh, and so it's really nice to have that. So I don't really. I know when I've done something terrible, but if it's like you know, on the cusp, like it's nice to have either her kind of boosting my confidence or saying, you know what, I've heard you do better. Just take it easy. Right. It doesn't right. have to be some devastating critique. It's just like you could probably do that nope. better. Okay. No, she's got That's a all you need great to say. ear. And she <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, I mean, so I hear. Right. That's I, I hear. That's how that goes. I don't know. I, yeah, don't know. I, I would. I wouldn't know from personal experience, of course. No. No. None of us would. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and and I think the so so then there's you get you, you guys are playing for a while and you know writing new songs and th- and then you come ripping out with Broken Crucible, which uh shredded harder than I expected. <laughs> is probably the best way I could put it. Like in a way that like I, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like John's doing some like Greg Sage stuff over here like this is uh, yeah. this but i mean not that like it sounds like a ripoff but like in the way of just no, like no, you it. know the the guitar exploring the guitar as an instrument for uh creativity sort of sort of way i yeah. said that to brocon i think he thought i meant it sound like a ripoff i'm like i do not mean that at all yeah. <laughs> not, not, not at all uh no so try to be careful about greg saging people not. greg saging your thread sorry that's okay i'll take it yeah i mean that guy that band was uh brilliant yeah, one uh, of the best guitar players of all time. I mean, you know, take that what yeah. you will. <laughs> and there aren't that many guitar players who sound like him. I mean, <laughs> uh, but you hear people like, you know, approximating what he did. And... Building careers on it in some cases. No names mentioned. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, but I'm just th- <laughs> I'm just thinking about You mentioned Chris Brokaw, you said, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, man, that uh, uh, Heart of Human Trafficking song off the Puritan record. So good. I mean, it's pure youth of America, but holy yeah. cow, that song is so good. Like, yeah, that's the top 25 of all time song for me. It's, that it's Chris Brokaw song. It's so good. It's remarkable that he manages to take it in a different kind of like psych direction without it being remotely psych. Like, it's it's a remarkable song. And that's a great record. That I mean, that made my, my year in list. I mean, that's. Yeah, and rightly so. I mean, it's a great record, and that song for me was like the standout. Oh, it's. Like, it's yeah. that That's like. If you write a song like that, man, you're gonna be like, "All yeah. right, <laughs> doing <Yeah>. okay over here." <laughs> but it's funny, you know. Yeah, I love that song, and, uh, and uh, I met Chris maybe once. I don't know him at all, uh, but uh, I've tried to like turn people on to that record, and, and sometimes it sticks, and some people don't hear it, and they don't give it enough chance to really <sighs> sink in. It's kind of an odd thing, you know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. To me, it's like, man, this connects so hard. Every time I hear it, I hear something new in it. So. That's the funny thing, like you were kind of talking about before, like with Stomatopod, is it too pop? Is it too noisy? Like, yeah, it just doesn't connect with some people, and that's fine. But it's then, I mean, I hear you like write about something like like Bottle Air, right? And it's like, 
I'm sorry, you're telling me this does not rock? Like you're you got rocks <laughs> in your head. Like that's that's the only rock I hear. Like the ones bouncing around your head because you're dumb. You're dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's not that it's like necessarily thematically that much different from like what it came before, but it's just. You know, it, it kind of seemed like you guys opened it up a little bit. Now, now if I remember correctly, I don't, this is, as you well know, this is not a gear show, but it kind of seemed like you were going towards smaller amps. Like you adopted, you became an enlistee in the Quilter Army at, at one point. Yeah. I still am. Yeah. I still have the same little dinky two pound 50 watt head. And, uh, uh, and, but you got some raging guitar tones on that record. Now, was that, was that, was that in the Quilter or those on like, you know, big boy amps? So I bought that quilter thinking, oh, it's gonna be lightweight to take to gigs, yeah. and I'll and I'll I'll record with my tube amps, like every you know the. No, I just record with the quilter. Even with Steve, wow. I was like, I felt kind of weird. Like, is it cool? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that, the quilters are great. And he he you know matched it up with another amp of his uh, to get kind of a two thing. A yeah. Split. Um. But yeah, even I was like, like why was I nervous about asking Steve Albini about what amp I'm playing? Like, you know, <laughs> he's, that's insane. Yeah. But yeah, that was well. Again, just like Elliot with the live thing, he's heard a lot of bands, you know. Like, so he's he's gonna know what like you know what's a rad guitar sound. But yeah, Uh, they should give you Uh, one, man. You 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 you're you're good uh, endorsee for that company. They should give you one of those. (laughs) A backup. Although they, I'm I'm pretty sure they you know you'd have to hit up the shotgun to break it. But (laughs) great, it's great. I love it. Uh, I, but the, 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 yeah, I have gear-wise gone more towards things that are lightweight, and that speaks more to my age and my yeah lack of hair. Uh, <laughs> I'm an old I'm an old person now, so I you know I invest more in like the dolly than I do in the speaker cabinet. Apparently. Oh yeah, yeah, the dolly is very name brand. Like it's it's uh, I'll take that endorsement. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you gotta get the good one. Yeah, I was. I always read premierdolly.com. <laughs> you know what? I, I, Johnny, kid you not. That was my gift to, to myself for my 40th birthday, by the way. Just in time for what? like the show we were playing was, was it was a dolly for, for oh, really? yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, feel good about this decision. Uh, yeah. Okay. So broken crucible, right? So you, you got, you got like, there's a lot of like, you know, when I say shredding, I don't mean like Steve Vai, like, you know, hey, check me mm-hmm. out, shredding. I mean, the fact that, like, these are, like, tight, concise, usually very wiry pop songs, but, like, you know, there's some guitar heroics. I feel like you used to hear more of, like, Dinosaur Jr. Okay. Like, like you know, stuff like that, where it's used as a uh, as a creative implement. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and I don't know where the stigma suddenly came up that, like, that was not cool or that, like, is, you know, whatever, or when folks maybe like as but it's, it seems like there's like a like milk music was, was one for a while that there'll be like a band every now and again that like kind of brings that aspect of it and people treat it like it's brand new and it's like i don't know why you think that's brand new but okay uh but was, was that a conscious choice to kind of or is that just like where the music took you for for these songs where you have these songs and we're like you know what they're gonna be shrimp shredding tonight <laughs> <laughs> um i uh, the, by and large, the answer is there's very little conscious effort put into any of this. But um, <laughs> fair, okay. But um, you know, you know, I I play a few other instruments, but you know, guitar is my main instrument. Um, yeah. 
I, I, I probably have a natural kind of knee jerk reaction to people who are probably showing off on guitar. And so right. I would never want to do, to, you know, do that. Um, and I don't think I do, but uh, no, it doesn't feel remotely show offy. That's not at all what I was trying to. No, no, I get you. Okay, I, cool. But I think that with Broken Crucible, there was there was an element of I was writing songs that became that were uh, uh, fun to play, mm. and I hadn't. I guess maybe that was the only kind of conscious thing was that uh, some of those songs are just you know whatever it is, they're just fun to play in a way that maybe some of the more straight ahead kind of um, chord based songs um, uh, weren't as fun. They were good songs or what, uh, you know, they had an emotional impact, but um, there was an element of, of yeah, they're just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it wasn't ever to try to be impressive or to be flashy or anything, but um, maybe that there was an opportunity to kind of do some squiggles here and there. And <laughs> Well, they serve the song. Yeah. That, that's the thing is easy even when it's you know going well there is one song where i was I, I went above and beyond but it was kind of more of a joke kind of tongue-in-cheek thing but just... the, the, yeah well yeah it, it it that seems almost like like that's the punchline i actually sent that guitar solo to ryan werner <laughs> as we were working on it i'm like i'm like i want i want you to weigh in on this and he's like He's like, I think you should do more. Of course. Uh, shocking. Yeah. What a shocking development. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Warner. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's not that it's like ostentatious or, 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 or unnecessary or, you know, song as delivery system for guitar solo or anything. But I'm just saying that, like, it's very much in that record seems, you know, like that stuff is very much embedded into the compositions to me. Like it's sort of like that, that just seems like that's as much a part of the song as anything else. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Those songs just kind of had like a little bit of an extra dimension, I think, um, yeah. as opposed to like this kind of verse chorus, uh, chord changes type of thing. Uh, great art by your friend of mine, Chris Williams. The, the yeah, freaking, so beautiful. The best. That guy is, <laughs> that guy is the best. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we did, um, it was a digital download full length, and then we did uh, a limited edition of uh, lathe cut seven inches. Right. And so his cover art was also the cover art for the the lathe cut, and it, it opened up along the crucible cut. And, and man, it was just gorgeous. And um, can't speak highly enough about Chris Williams and his art and his yeah. uh, artistry because yeah, he like listened to the the songs and read through the lyrics and then just came up with this beautiful he's, thing. He's he's such a striking. deep thoughtful artist i mean uh two two oh one maybe I, I i had him on this show uh and okay. it's i i urge people to that are not familiar to to check it out because i i i dragged it out of him <laughs> but i think it, you know did, did you have an idea like did you have the album title already before the the, the art came like where was the broken yeah, crucible we did. We did. okay we did um, what was your thought process with that album title <laughs> well, um, this uh, is sort of silly, but we kind of decided early on that each successive album would be the next letter of the alphabet. So we got Air by the Ton, Broken oh. Crucible, Competing with Hindsight. Um, so when we were looking at the second album, we wanted the B title and um, we came up with some suggestions. But then that was also a song uh, title as well. And yeah. 
uh, it seemed to really make sense because of that kind of that pressure cooker type of uh, feeling, you know, um, and some, somewhat making you know, breaking the mold a bit. Uh, so it, it kind of worked on a lot of different levels um, for that reason, I suppose. There's a big, I mean, I I live in Milwaukee, Milwaukee now, but I'm from Oakland, and there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of uh, places that have like there's a place literally called the Crucible in Oakland, but I mean there's a bunch of places that are like we're pouring metal over here. This is what we do. We craft like stuff. Like, and some of it's artistic, some of it's not, and like it's you know the lines are like really blurred. Uh, but it, it's an evocative image. Uh, you know, not to, even if you don't have that frame of reference, it's an evocative image because yeah, like, like you said, like break, like literally, what's on the cover? Well, you're breaking the mold. Literally, you're breaking the no, no. Literally, the mold is being broken. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is very, I mean, it's clever in its way, especially if you like, if you're if you're a fan of say uh, wordplay, then uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah I don't really right. like words for losers. Yeah, <laughs> more into gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Anything animated, <laughs> right? <laughs> Text to voice. Uh, and then, uh, so so Ingstrom uh, helps with the mixing on that, too, right? Just yeah, like he makes done the first, the first one. and second yeah. records. Matt's, Matt's got a phenomenal ear. Um, so the first album, I think we went pretty uh, pretty simple and, and straight ahead. And the second one for Broken Crucible, we said, if you've got some experimentation, bring your ideas. And he's like, yeah, I got some plugins I want to try, which right. included the Mind Reader one. Um, <laughs> But some of the way the songs sound, he had a, a hand in. Like he, you know, he that guy's good. Matt knows what he's doing, he's, and he uh, he's getting good. Uh, yeah. The way he treated some of like Sharon's backing vocals, and yeah. yeah, it was there was some creativity that he brought to it, and that, we really appreciated that. So it was funny, like when we went and recorded with Steve, like we were we actually had a band conversation, like we need to talk to him, tell Matt and see if he's okay with this, and of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course he was. Um, but uh, you know, we we feel like he's a, a almost a member of the band because uh, because of his contributions, and he knows us so well. Yeah, it, it seems like a very symbiotic collaboration. Yeah, Matt's awesome, and another good, good dude. dude. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Jinx, <laughs> uh, plugins working. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Might need to turn it down a little bit, actually. So. Yeah, yeah, it's getting a little, getting a little weird now. Um, the so yeah yeah so so. That comes out. Um, that's like okay. Now time is a is is a weird construct, right? But that that comes out like end of 2019, right? Right. So we did only a handful of shows to su- support, but yeah, to play around it, uh, and then lockdown happened. So some of yeah. those songs, uh, yeah, that's kind of a bummer for for me because like I really like that. Record. It's a it's um, a it's a rad record, honestly. Like. I listen to a lot, man. Like I, I, I really, yeah, yeah. I mean, I that was a busy year for me, so I'm not sure if it made it onto like the list or whatever. I don't, actually, I don't actually remember. But like, um, it's, it's. I listen to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I love that record. Um, and I think that we had all thought we would have more time to kind of play those songs live. Yeah. Um, so nope. It's kind of odd now. Nope. <laughs> so now. <laughs> We've, we had two shows coming up this month to support the new record. Yeah. The Milwaukee one just got canceled yep. and, or moved to April, I guess. Um, and then our Chicago record release is still on 
fingers crossed at the hideout. At, at the time of this discussion, yes. At the time of this discussion. In the future, it'll be past tense, hopefully. Well, uh, so <laughs> one way or the other, yeah. <laughs> but long story short is, you know, you know, there's a lot of songs that probably didn't get their 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 day in the sun. But you know, we'll try to drop those into set lists here and there. Not yeah. that counting, but... Well, no, but it it does matter though, right? And like that's um. That's not just you guys, you know. That that's yeah, yeah th- totally. Th- that's a real. Like, <laughs> like I'm a I'm a big advocate of, as you all know, the thirty minute set. I'm like, you know, keep keep it thirty. That's that's good. But I think I think everybody that has survived this screwed up pandemic, you know, we get some dispensation. Like, all right, you got got a couple you want to play from that? Yeah, 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 that's fine. Like whatever. I can't yeah, believe I'm going to relearn them now. Is the problem? I, yeah, like I mean. You know, like like I'm I'm the ultimate authority on anything, but like uh, you know, like, uh, come on, like, did, can you imagine the frivolity of being upset by something like that in the year 2022? A bit like, oh, that band played too long of a set. Oh, that band played a set. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, but I say that, and the first time I see a terrible band play a 45 minute set, I'm gonna be like, these freaking assholes. <laughs> I can't believe how indulgent they are. This makes me want to gouge out my ears with an awl. Like, uh, that's going to be, I, I'm sure that's going to be embarrassing. And you know what? I look forward to the day. Uh, that will mean we'll be back to normal. We, exactly. That. that will mean we have finally gotten back to normal in the year 2035, whenever that is. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that's a, that's a ripper record. So I'm, I'm sorry that you guys Thanks. didn't get a chance to work it. That's all right. There's not a lot of work in it. Like, you know, we're not a, we're not touring a ton, so or much at all. So uh, it's out there, and people can listen to it, and that makes me happy. Yeah, and I I'm really proud of it. You know, I thought that was another example of the band really kind of coming together and exchanging ideas. And... So I guess it must have been it must have been 2019 was the last time that I saw. Because I remember like I saw you play some songs from before I heard it, and uh... a couple of those songs have been around for a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, right on. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Cool. You know, yeah. the 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 I will keep an eye out for when this happens, and and then the pandemic happens. So that brings exactly. us up to more or less current day, which yep. we, we started with with competing with hindsight uh, out later this month at the time of this recording, uh, January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, dot com. Pre order the vinyl, pre order uh, the digital. You can get all that business there please do so they're they're uh an awesome band and thanks check out new shit jerks uh the <laughs> we did have one split seven inch in the middle of there oh with, uh, uh you the, the the split with uh, uh without from yes Kalamazoo. i have yeah. that yes um uh yep that was that was in there too angstrom uh mixed that one as well and uh that was Completely, that, uh... completely forgot about that one. Sorry, my bad. That's Precision no, Surgeon and uh, Dirt Eye, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was the only time we ever uh, made a song, a song shorter so they would fit. Because uh, the idea was <laughs> we both had two songs on one side of the Two songs is ambitious for a seven-inch, man. So then we had to make Precision Surgeon like a short song so they would fit. Yeah. Uh, and I still like that song, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a brief one. That, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, That that's, well, but, but it's a kind of, so, so, well, I would answer that by, but it's a kind of song that, like, oh, just play it again, you know, play, 
and play you can just play the whole record i mean honestly the whole thing like uh, the the whole enterprise is like over in 10 minutes right so it's not like it's yeah, much investment sure. of time <laughs> the, whole, the whole, whole thing's over and if you had moby dick playing the drum solo would still be going on when it's over still be going on and they got the vita still going on <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Echoes wouldn't even gotten to the uh, the the birds yet, you know. Like, however you want to like craft work, you know. Audubon would be like entering the second movement. Uh, yeah. Anyway, whatever. But that that seven inch. Uh, that that's and you can get that on the on the band camp as well. But yeah, let, let's well, talk. Let's talk about the reason why you're here with me tonight. The reason uh, why we're here. Yeah. Uh, reason for the season competing. With hindsight, tell me, uh, tell me that yeah. title first of all. Oh, that title uh, comes uh, starts with C. From one of the songs. So it, it, it starts with C, check. but it comes from one of the songs uh, "Out of Your Hands." Yeah. Um, certainly, the this is you know, there's no getting around. This is like a COVID era record, and um, you know, there's there's a little bit of politics. There's some just regular old introspection and. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it all kind of centered around this notion of, uh, yeah, like what you're living through and how you're going to perceive it someday could be wildly different, you know, and and which is the right one. Um, But um, I don't know. It was a hard one to title because uh, it's six songs. There's some of our longer songs that we've written um, and just the, the moment it was this years worth of you know hard to define craziness i mean it's ineffable right and what what is everyone's you know the people joke about like everyone making their covid record right and you know the the band band meme 666 is especially good about that uh which everyone should follow on instagram <laughs> Controversial brought to you by bands memes, band memes 666, apparently. Uh, but it, it's very funny in the way that it's constantly referencing the the concept EP that was never finished and, and so on and so on. Uh, but, you know, it's real. Like, all the, this is this is a global trauma that anyone, yeah. especially anyone remotely creative, has had to deal with, not just, like, as a one-time thing, but as an ongoing basis, while you do whatever else you have in your life. As well, and that's real. Right. Yeah. So pretending like, <laughs> pretending like it doesn't exist is sort of like if you watch a TV show you like, and they're just sort of, yeah, we're just not going to uh, talk about COVID at all. It's like, okay, so this is escapism. Cool. <laughs> I wonder what like you know my COVID experience would have been like if I didn't have like young children. <laughs> yeah. That was that was most of our COVID experience. Whereas you know a lot of the other creative people I know had lots of time almost too much time like well we had like like zero time so yeah the fact that we were and sharon has kids too they're a little bit older than ours but um but yeah and then uh because you have to be a teacher now was, you know you have to be like to be the event coordinator <laughs> like <laughs> i did a lot of dishes and laundry yeah more than normal um <laughs> but no you're right like you know everybody's experience was different but everybody was also somewhat the same where where at least for that those first number of months where no one really knew what was going on right everybody's uh, baking people, bread for a minute and that was like a that was a bizarre moment. yeah or spraying down the groceries or microwaving takeout food or uh, you know whatever yeah. they were doing um uh so there's so much uncertainty so like this this unknowable thing was the kind of common experience um and then of course all the insanity happened with questioning reality and 
everything being politically polarizing. But um, yeah, thank goodness, like we were able to kind of focus on something, you know, greater, you know, creativity wise, you know, just focus on, let's put together some songs and make an album with uh, this guy who lives in town who happens to be a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you heard of this guy? Yeah, yeah. You hear this guy? Steve? Yeah, he's getting good. Uh, but I mean, props, because that's hard to do. And like, it, it's a choice, <laughs> you know, like, and it's very easy to do, um, to j- just let the cynicism just devour you. Sure. Or just feel like you're too tired at the end of the day. To yeah, and just be like, I can't, I couldn't possibly. I just, yeah, exactly. The, this, the mind is and willing, there were, the body is There weird. were a lot of days like that too, but, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I've, it all comes back to that kind of that thread that p- runs through all of this that you mentioned earlier. For some dumb reason, not dumb, but you know, for some reason, since I was whatever, 13 years old and I got my first guitar, I've always just had this drive to make music, you know, and uh, it didn't matter necessarily how many people listened to it. Um, but it's always been that kind of just this, the thing that, uh, you know, I feel like uh, you know, brings me joy and I like doing it. And, um, and that continued through this nutty, global pandemic and it was something that kind of got me through and so I, you know that's awesome you know so why don't we do this thing if you're into it uh it's gonna be real awkward yes. if you're not uh but we're gonna just let's go through each of the songs of the record uh-oh all right i'll do my best and you can if you can just you know tell me a little little bit about it, it could be you know into the etymology of the title you know it could be like if you have any lyric ideas arrangement any like you know, anything interesting you can tell me about the the, the creative process of uh, of this because I I find this to be an interesting exercise. Ninety nine percent of the time, so don't be that one percent. But uh, if you're if you're into it, you don't it doesn't have to be some grand epiphany or anything, right? Just, no, just, no, no, that's cool. I, I get you. I, okay. I mean, I've I've heard some of your interviews too. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it starts off with "Be the Hog." Be the hog! Exclamation um, point! By the way, I appreciate. The usage of punctuation in song titles. Some people do not, and they are fools. Thank you. Um, that one required the uh, exclamation point because it's kind of like a, a ludicrous uh, notion. Um, that was the first song that we wrote uh, when we first started playing in the garage in, in June of 2020. Um, and that, yeah, just this this ridiculous notion of uh, just hard to explain um whoever the singer is 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 acknowledging that they are that they are going to just be that uh quintessential capitalist uh, consumer and just you know fuck it you know i'm just going to be a shitty person you know i'm not necessarily saying that's me or anything but like uh there are people in our you know society who don't seem to have a a qualms just being a (laughs) consumer and that's fine uh but maybe not that's not it's not fine i mean but, it's uh, real i don't know if it's fine <laughs> it's definitely the, real the exclamation point was necessary <laughs> because it's such a ludicrous concept nowadays especially you know when you, yeah. you see so many people uh hurting out there that you can just go out there and just uh you know grind down resources and, and use 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 things up and uh when other people need oh did i lose you no 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 i just i just I'm, oh my god! I, I, I just decided I'm to like look at myself. For yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't didn't mean to alarm you. I just did, I didn't think there was any reason. Tony went to the camera. Uh, so, <laughs> oh no, I do that on camera. That that's, that's a Patreon extra. Yeah. 
God, that's that's terrible. I should never say that again. Yeah, a lot of regrets. So <laughs> 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 um, be the hog. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a grunge grunge song. Yeah, it's uh, got that I, that that um the 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 melding of the the sort of un, un, unkempt irritation with the pop sensibility, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a catchy hook there. Um Yeah, that was another one that's fun to play. It just kind of uh seems like a natural kind of uh early in the set type of song mm-hmm. that everybody kind of gets comfortable with. Longer um, division is next. Yeah, I you know, this is the problem. It's like whenever I try to like uh compare music to other music, I'm always not wrong, but in the minority. Like to me, Longer Division has like a Jesus Lizard thing happening. Oh. And I don't think that Elliot and Sharon think so. And I don't know if you do, but uh it's one of our longer songs. It's a little more political in nature and um it's funny because it started out with a particular riff that maybe in my mind was more Jesus Lizardy or Scratch Acidy, and then the other parts kind of came and then just kind of flipped it on its head a little bit. There's even like a little bit of jangly thing happening in there at one point that could almost be like REM. So it's clearly not a straight Jesus Lizard song, but um, um, it started life as a lot scrunkier and noisier, and then it kind of just kind of became this like weird kind of journey that kind of meanders through. Uh, hard and soft i think a lot of people when they compare to the jesus lizard it's to talk about some band that basically does one of the five or six things that that band does and like that's their band sound and rally it's much more nuanced than that like most great bands there's there's more to it and i could i could see the sort of like uh exploratory aspects of it having that kind of that kind of thing. I, I, I can hear it. I can hear where you would go with that. And it, and, and it just occurred to me that it would be nothing in like what David Yao is doing more from like a. Oh no no no! But just yeah. like the way the way it um the way it all kind of fits together, maybe yeah. more than anything else. Maybe maybe. And again, uh, I'm probably a hundred percent wrong, but that's just that you know how I thought about when we were initially coming together. So this was one that we demoed out quite a bit, and then uh, came up with some different transitions and and really kind of worked it how is this song going to flow and make sense? And it ended up being like a longer song that, you know, we tend to do three and a half minute songs usually. And this one's a little bit like, or I think it's north of five minutes even, but um, so it's a little different for us. And, but it was a true collaboration where we were all kind of bringing things in and figuring out ways to get from A to B to Z. I think it gets over. I think, it, I think it's a really good uh, second song on the record too. Cool, like that, that's, a, that's a nice place for that one. So then, uh, third song, Like the Breeze. Ah, yes. Um, I had been toying with a, the notion of doing a song with the slide. Nice. And uh, so then I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, there's some some slide Mudhoney songs. Uh, especially nice, on you know? Every every Good Boy Deserves Fudge. There's That's, yeah. the, that's the slide grunge nadir, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit there. Yep. Now, I you know I'll say it, and it's probably not a popular. I, my brother, the cow, has aged way better than I thought. I didn't really care for that record when it came out. It's I, pretty good when you listen to it now. If look, if any of those dudes ever come in this show, I will be the first one to 
echo that opinion because I, I agree. Like at the time, I was like, Ugh, really? Mm-hmm. And now it's like it aged well. Actually, this is pretty good. Like you know, yep. even something like Fearless Doctor Killers, which I was like, this is hokey. I was like, no, this rips. Actually, this is quite yep. good. Yep. Uh, so that one, the main guitar is in uh, like open A or A minor or A or whatever. And so that's a little different. That was kind of fun to play and slide and in a different tuning. And um, yeah, just kind of a dynamics thing. Uh, but, are you the, are you normally an alternate tuning though. kind of guy? Like, do you, do you fuck with alternate tunes that much? We do a, a bit of drop D, uh, primarily yeah. it's in standard. Um, for this one, we did one song that we all, uh, Sharon and I tuned to standard tuning in E flat. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's the, uh, is that's like the Nirvana thing, right? The Nirvana, uh, go well, Nirvana did it. Uh, Hendrix did it a lot. Um, yeah. Soundgarden, I think maybe did it too. Probably. It, yeah. It's pretty common. It, it's, it's supposed to be easier to sing, I think. Right. That's the idea. Uh, you, yes. Uh, but you'd be surprised how a half step down will make your heavy song sound heavier. You'd be surprised. Be, yes, yes. <laughs> you wouldn't. You would not think. You would not think. But you and uh, Tony sometimes drop down uh, half step. You'll, you'll blow your mind. Uh, so that's, yeah, so yeah. That's our slide. That's our slide song. And that's a good um, one. It's got a little bit of a, like a drum breakdown in the middle there. I was imagining Elliot going crazy like uh, like Keith Moon, and he kind of does. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that it's got fun. it's got a kind of um, uh, rock and roll circus, who kind of energy to that that yeah. piece of it, uh, or so or so I imagine. I mean that that's how, which is a huge compliment for me. I mean that's like I love watching Elliot play. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to stand stand with my back to him all. The time. <laughs> yeah. Dude, wish you didn't have to look at your butt all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've got a nice butt, Conan. Come on, man. Fair. Uh, I've been doing my kegels. <laughs> <laughs> on the other, um, the the other the, the movie show that I do, I, I articulated in a moment of frustration that I think during this pandemic I've been both skinny Elvis and fat Elvis. <laughs> oh. So uh, yeah, take of that what you will, but uh, let, let's just, let's just say the Neutron Household has a treadmill now. Oh, look at you! So there you go. Gonna gonna make good use of this this winter eleven degrees outside time. <laughs> uh, so the big parade, the next song. Um, that is a riff I came up with. That kind of um, uh, the main guitar riff at the beginning there. Built the song around that. Um. Uh, it's got a different vibe than any of our other songs. I mean, we're it not does. particularly like a dancey sound band. Uh, if there was a song to dance to, I guess this would probably be it. And then um, this has my favorite lyrics, I think, of any of the songs. Well, and it's an, inter- an interesting melding because it's not necessarily what you would think. I don't know what, what you would think that, that, would, that would be on there, like naturally or whatever. But like, it, it is, isn't exactly the thing that you think that's going to be. And I think that's, I always find that enticing. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it could have gone a number of different directions. Um, but I like singing this one. Um, and then we came up with this 
backing vocal that Sharon does that's almost impossible to do live. <laughs> it's a cool backing vocal part, though. It's super, it's super cool. This has never <laughs> happened to us before because uh, ah, you're making probably records because now. of the process. Because normally we write while we're jamming it out and yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. But then we started like you know demoing it. Uh, and this really cool uh, vocal line came out, and asking the bass player to sing it while she's doing the bass part yeah. is uh, is very counter rhythmic. But when it's all together, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's... and I love her voice on there. Too. No, it, it, it's it's really good, and it's, it's I would say that's one of the highlights for me. Um, but yeah, that's almost like a Paul McCartney poll, right? Of like, hey, do this weird, complicated bass thing, and then also sing over it. <laughs> right. Thanks. <laughs> but it's good it's i mean it's a great tune you know like so that's, yeah thanks it's, it's i like a, that one a lot that one the other one is fun to play so seems like that one would pop live as, as, as yeah. no kids probably yeah. say but <laughs> uh out of your hands um this one kind of came out a little bit later in our songwriting um it might be the slowest mellowest song we've ever done it does kind of uh, yeah yeah the the, the it's, it's yeah okay now that you mentioned it, i think i'd back that sure it's, it's got a bit of an edge to it in like the bridge part i guess but um um every record we do there's always one song that seems to have like a part that necessitates a, another guitar player to pull it off live uh and this is that song on this record um and we've always said that we're gonna get angstrom out here to be our second guitar player for some of these songs but he, he, that, um, that guy's like like a swiss army knife man he certainly is <laughs> um i don't know this one just has a, a, a totally different feel than, than a, i would say maybe a couple of years ago we might not have even have uh we would have moved on instead of like you know uh putting effort into this song but we for some reason it just seemed like a, a good fit for the other songs a nice kind of palette cleanser or something different um i don't know it's it's softer but it's, it's got kind of a pretty cynical lyric to it um but yeah not our most experimental but they don't all have to be like yeah i mean Whatever. They don't need, all need to be like maggot brain. You know, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Not all the time, at least. Uh, so then that takes us to last song on the record, but first song available to the public. Yeah, that's right. Variatrix. Yes. Um, Pulled a chair of antlers on that one. It's a bold move. <laughs> first single is the last song on the record. Although, what does anything mean anymore? You know, whatever. No, it means nothing. Um, <laughs> this one just had a. This one had, you kind of built around the guitar riff. Um, I don't know how to explain this one either. I mean, we really worked on some different dynamics and shifts and stuff. It's a little more nuanced. It's a little, it's less cut and dry. It's a little harder to, to, to kind of pull off, but it's it's so, it, it makes you feel like you've really accomplished something when you do pull it off right. Um, yeah. So it's not it's not as simple as just like, here's the A section, the B section. Um, I wouldn't say it's a complicated song, but it, there's something that's really gratifying when we do it, we do it well. And then uh, this is one that, uh, so when we were recording it with Albini, um, he suggested I use the, that Valino aluminum guitar that he has, which I was kind of excited about because I'm a, a Nirvana buff. And I know yeah, that yeah, uh, Co Cobain used that on uh, in utero a bit. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of an extra added I, I have touched it. I went over and went, dude, all right, I've touched that guitar now. 
Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I used I it was... a little bit here on this song, and I think I did the, the guitar solo on uh, Big Parade on the nice. Bellino as well. Hell, by the way, well done. <laughs> well done not just for the guitar solo but also for the like having the foresight to like hey this is a legendary guitar that's done cool shit i'm gonna do some cool shit on it yeah i try to pack as much as i could into like our three days that's, there that's that that's the atlas obscura of recording for sure yeah yeah so all in all yeah we did basically all the we set up and did all, almost all the tracking day one i think we finished uh one song in the morning of day two did overdubs and vocals the rest of that day and partly into day three and then mixed. And it's like an easy mixing process. We it was pretty bare bones, not a whole lot of extra overdubs. And, uh, you know, when Steve puts up a mix on the desk, it sounds, it sounds pretty right. good place to start from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's, I, I was, I, you know, that's impressive. And it's, it's, it's you know that that's a nice thing and especially like it being you know your third record right you know, i can't knock on the seven inch like it's yeah. that's a it's a nice thing man like that that's sort of like i because I, I i was like oh well this this interesting you know like did did, did, did i just on i honestly just assumed it was elliot and matt mixing like i didn't even think about it all and i looked i'm like oh they did this with steve interesting and that's the perfect like hey man global pandemic life short Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I salute that. That's I think awesome. There'll be a lot of splurge spending after this pandemic is over when people kind of realize this whole carpe diem life short kind of thing. Treat yourself. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But it was such a great experience. We all had a blast and uh, yeah, it was fun spending time there in the studio. And um, Steve did once say that like, kind of to your point earlier uh the pandemic was really good to bob weston because all these people <laughs> found these found these old projects under their bed they're like oh i should get this master yeah yeah I see, master. oh let's get a master like, and i can put it out yeah <laughs> but nobody was going in to record in the studio he was like thankful that we came like are you kidding me like yeah okay. yeah uh, okay yeah he didn't yeah that was great <laughs> I'll, I'll do you the favor yeah <laughs> Yeah. Anything we can do to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I do this out of the kindness of my heart, really. <laughs> it's practically charity. So the only the only bummer is we didn't get fluffy coffees because they weren't. Ah, well, it's got to go back again. Yeah. No, I mean that's. You know. That it's pretty rad, and, and it's a great record too, and and it's. Uh, nice. I think people should check it out again. Stamatapod.bandcamp.com. Competing with hindsight. I'm gonna. Bring it up multiple times because people should be checking this out. Uh, the uh, are you keeping a band cap only? Are you putting it up on the other things that people like? The the you'll two, be on Spotify and the other things. Yeah, yeah all, all the other stuff that does not give any money to artists and it's all sharecropping. But whatever, it's also never, like radio. I've never seen any money from this Conan. Come on, <laughs> the money. money pit. The money goes one direction. <laughs> exactly, it comes out. <laughs> Talk about in through the outdoor. It's out through the outdoor too. <laughs> Everything's going out. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, overall, like, you know, recording this record, wild time to be recording, wild time to be doing much of anything, but yep. good ex- good experience. Totally. I mean, uh, totally, totally. It, it, it did exactly what we wanted to do. It gave us that light at the end of the tunnel. It gave us a common purpose. We really pulled together as a band, became better friends throughout the whole process. And we've got this wonderful thing that we're really proud of. Um, 
that we can show all of our friends and maybe some other people online will buy it or listen to it. That's awesome. Well, that's the hope. I mean, I will say that, uh, you know, the Bandcamp Fridays have been huge, right? Yeah. And, and not the least of which has been, I'm trying to articulate this, but it's just the idea of that you get people into the, oh, this is the day that we go buy music. Yeah. God, yep. that's nice. Are they coming back this year? Are they doing them? I, I good question. Good question. I certainly hope so. Yeah. I mean, Christ paid our power bill one month. You know, <laughs> like, so it's like really? wow. oh yeah, 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 and that was a rough month too. Um, yeah, like it, it's it's provided you know it, it's provided direct relief to artists that this country you know would like. Ha, 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 of course not. For no, sure. No, no, for sure. Uh, it's I I I seriously hope they continue it, and because it's maybe the only artist friendly thing going on in. in <laughs> It's totally. Not that it's about the it. money. It's not about the money. That's not what I'm saying. People don't misinterpret oh, me. It but it, it's yeah, nice it's to put, you know, gas in the proverbial tank, if not the literal one. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really I, appreciate it. No, no, it, it, it's been a pleasure, and I'm I'm glad that there's the opportunity to talk about this record to have you on because uh, yeah, it's it, it's nice. You know, I always say that. People focus on like the big guests and I love talking to the big guests. Don't get me wrong, but it's also the point of this show is the only reason why it works, frankly, is when I have genuine interest in the art of the person who's on. So there's people that you should know as well. And every once in a while people, you know, do their due diligence and check it out and get that protonic bump Two, maybe three listens, you know, Just nice talking to you, Conan. It, it is, and uh, I'm glad you did it. So you know I'm not going to let you go yeah. without without me asking the, the same question I ask everyone. So, All right, do it. So can question, interpret however you like. Why do you do what you do? Oh, come on. I, not for the money. I do it just because music meant so much to me when I was a kid, and it has throughout my entire life. Uh, I do it because I love it, and uh, – Sometimes people react to it, but uh, that's almost beside the point, you know. Um, I do it because I love it. It makes me feel good. And uh, I don't know what I would channel that energy into otherwise if I didn't do this. So, Jen Houston, thank you so much, sir. So good to have you. Thank you, you Conan. Good to see you. Looking forward to seeing you in person sometime. Same here. Uh, I might get a wild hair and come down to Chicago if that if that actually happens, but I'll be, Oh, that'd be great. That'd I'll be, be great. looking at the weather report the whole time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You never know. It's Chicago in January. So. But I did, I did it. I've done it before. I've done it for less. Let's put it that way. Well, that's very complimentary. And that doesn't mean you're paying me <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right, man. Congratulations, dude. And uh, yeah, don't, don't be a stranger. Be safe, man. You too. Take care. All right, brother. Bye. Oh, there it goes. Mr. John Houston, let's listen to one of the songs on the record. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, again, check that out. Uh, so uh, one more time, stomatopod.bandcamp.com. It's competing with hindsight is the name of the record. Uh, go get it. Take a chance, man. Take a chance while you still got a choice. <laughs>
Modified variatrix. You know, I let him go, and I didn't even ask what variatrix meant. I don't, I don't know what that word means. I could probably just look it up. But uh, yeah, that's that's on the new one. That's on the new one. Competing with hand, hindsight. So uh, as I mentioned, go to the Bandcamp, check that out. Uh, we got a little time. I'm gonna play something off of the the very excellent record, uh, Broken Crucible. I think that I think that record rips as well. So uh, that's not the this is not the new one, but uh, uh, it's good.
the big parade off of the brand new competing with hindsight record competing with hindsight stomatopod stomatopod.bandcamp.com that's the <laughs> yeah so somebody better tell john that's the world premiere of that one and before that baudelaire that's off broken crucible that, that's a record uh that's a record before this one and it's it, it's also good stomatopodbandcamp.com for that this thing on comedian with hindsight is the new one go get that it's awesome uh it's all awesome that was uh mr john houston everybody so hope hope you guys enjoyed that the pre-orders for that uh get on the internet it'll it'll probably be another stuff later do they have a website i don't know if they have a website probably not nobody has a website anymore just me but they're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr? Really? Oh, okay. Stomatopod, S-T-O-M-A-T-O-P-O-D. I'd like to thank John Houston for being on the show. Uh, awesome dude, awesome band. Of course, the name of the show is Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you uh, very much for listening to it. It's been episode 279. The show airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific on RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. Also, live streaming on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook when I feel like it, all that stuff. Archives always free. ProtonicReversal.com. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. But if you want to get episode sooner, and you want to support the show, you can do both those things by going to Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal. Also spreading the word around. Liking, subscribing, sharing the episodes. All that all that helps. You know. And I thank you for that. For listening. For listening, really. Good stuff coming. Let's make twenty two cool twenty twenty two cool. Let's stay safe out there. And take it easy.
Welcome to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. Special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, 